Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Oh my gosh, Maude has come to join us. Hello. Ma- hello. <laughs> I, I heard that you, you, you did our, it's not a replacement for therapy. Well I done. did. You in killed case it. I, hold on. Now my video looks wonky. <laughs> well, while, while you're adjusting your video, I just want to share with everyone who's joining us first. Thank you for joining us. Um, also, uh, we like to do a little disclaimer at the beginning of these bad boys because we both have, um, bring a lot of, or try to bring a lot of humor to this work and, um, certainly never want it to seem flippant, but we both have OCD. We both treat OCD. And, um, so we're never, we're never laughing at you. We're trying to help you laugh with us. I think is, is the hope. Um, because if we can laugh at OCD, it has no power. <laughs> Wait, what? You said, I think, no, we're definitely doing that. Oh, we're definitely doing that. I don't think it. I know it with a hundred percent certainty. Certainty. Wow. You guys, I'm sorry. The cat, I was gone all week and she's really not well right now. So. She's going to, she's going to help us talk about OCD today and, and answer some she questions. Is. So she is hopefully, yeah. or yep. at least give me emotional support. Oh, yay for Maud's emotional support. <laughs> she's a very emotionally supportive cat. If she likes you. If she, <laughs> she likes like two people. Yeah. Not one of them. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> so long story, long story, but, um, do we want to start with just an overview? I know we were talking about just like getting back to basics and then we can answer some questions. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. What was the overview? Just what's a CD? Yeah. Like what are obsessions? What are compulsions? What's the obsessive compulsive cycle? How do we punch OCD in the face? You know, stuff like that. I love, I so love punching OCD in the face. It's like one of my favorite pastimes actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with obsessions? Sure. So obsessions, when we talk about obsessions in daily life, we're often talking about fixations, which is not necessarily what we're talking about here. We're talking about thoughts and urges and images that pop into the mind that cause anxiety and uncertainty and, and doubt. They, they tend to be repetitive. They're, they have a sticky quality to them. They're sort of difficult to shake. Uh, and they, they're very distressing. Did I miss anything? No, I think you nailed it. Thanks. 
they they can come in forms of thoughts, mm-hmm. feelings, sensations, urges, mm-hmm. and yep. anything else we need to add to that? Just the interpretation of the experiences that we have is really what we're focused on here, right? Like you have, uh, I heard, I, I heard, I saw somebody talk about uh, false attraction and HOCD, right? Like the reality is that we have these sensations or these images pop in and the, you know, the core concern is what does that mean? What does that mean about me that I had that thought or that, you know, image or that urge? Right. And so naturally, if there's this very upsetting, distressing experience, we're going to try to neutralize it or figure it out. Right. What does that Mm. mean about me? You better Mm -hmm. figure that out. This is where compulsions come in, which is where it's kind of the lock and key of OCD, the OCD cycle. So compulsions are any behavior that you are doing to try to get rid of the feeling that's very uncomfortable um, or the thought. So this could be checking, avoiding, reassurance, seeking, um, mental compulsions. Someone had talked about how do we stop rumination, right? Like that's a, that is a compulsion. And we can answer that in just a moment because I think it's a really great question. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. So the OCD cycle. Well, the problem is, the, the good news, bad news is that sometimes trying to neutralize your feelings works, right? Like, or you're, For, I'm sorry, trying, yeah, exactly. Short For period of time. Short period of time. Uh, it sometimes, it works until it doesn't, right? And, and so you, let's say you're, you have a thought, Let's, let's take a subtype just to sort of walk people through this. What's a, what's a good thought? Let's take harm. Okay. So you have a thought like, what if I want to kill my family? And you feel anxious about that killing as usual. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so yeah, you have this, this thought, what if I want to kill my family and you feel anxious or uncertain or doubtful. And so you do this compulsion. What are we going to do? Like, let's, which compulsion should we choose from the grab bag today, Kelly? Um, I would say, well, should we go really extreme? Maybe like locking yourself, locking all the sharp objects away or Mm -hmm. locking yourself in your bedroom at night. Cause you might wake up in the middle of the night and do it. Or my, yeah, and, and like a, a sleepwalking stupor of sorts. Yeah. Right. Um, so you do that and maybe you feel a little bit better temporarily, right? Mm-hmm. But then now you're, you're basically stuck in this cycle because you've taught yourself that the best way to respond to thoughts and feelings is to do something. When in reality, we don't need to do a damn thing. Not one. Mm-hmm. We just throw our hands up and be like, all right, well, let's let that ride. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, just kick in the crotch. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, right in, in the crotch. Yeah. yeah. Right in the groin. Um, so that's the, the basics here. And I saw some questions pop up. We can try and find them. But if anyone has questions and you could throw them in the question mark box zone, that allows us to not waste your time trying to find the questions. Um, do you have anything Any, to add before we? 
I will try my best to figure out how to do the question section. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be exciting. (laughs) It's going to be really exciting. Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's see. I'm scrolling back. Well, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, no, what were you going to say? Well, someone had asked about rumination and how to stop it. What would you advise to help on bringing yourself out of ruminating? Step one, you have to recognize, sorry, my cat. (laughs) Oh my God. Why is she so aggressive right now? Because I was gone for seven days. So she's really mad about it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No. Um, step one is recognizing that you're actually ruminating. Yep. That's a, the awareness. Numero uno. Super important because sometimes, and this is part of the, the sort of tricky element of the more pure O subtypes of OCD is that there's a difference between an obsessive thought and compulsive rumination. Mm-hmm. And so being able to spot yourself when you are actively trying to think your way out of a problem is key. Mm-hmm. Right. So what about step two? So we got to, we have to build awareness with mindfulness. I'll let you talk about that because you're the expert, I think in that. Oh. Um, but for those early on in, in treatments and maybe they're not as savvy in mindfulness, something that I, a trick I use, which maybe it's not a trick, but it's something I use regularly is when I notice that I'm physically starting to feel really anxious, like my, like the physical symptoms. And this isn't maybe always going to be helpful to everybody, but it's a cue to tell me, Hey, we're feeling anxious right now. Like probably you're ruminating. Mm. And I notice my, what's going on. Like observing now, just with a feather, not with a jackhammer. Like, okay, I am ruminating. I don't really need to know why or what, or try to figure out how I got this far. It's just my brain. I got lost for a minute. Yeah. So then I come back to the present moment. Okay. I'm washing the dishes. So much fun. The five senses. <laughs> and I then feel my the brain hot goes, water on my hands. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then my brain goes two seconds later, but have you thought about da, 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 da? <laughs> well, no, I haven't actually. And then maybe I get lost for a couple more minutes and yep. then, Oh, I'm feeling really anxious. Right. Yep. That's a way for one way of doing it. And the goal is to, to not let it get to where it's happening all the time, but it takes, takes a lot of time and practice to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, in short, the only way, right. Is noticing that you're doing this behavior, like, like with any behavior, if you notice that you're looking at the lock on a door, you're going to want to not do that, right? (laughs) You're going to want to walk away from the door. You're going to want to just keep walking. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, look, I really want to stare at that door for another five seconds just to make sure that it's locked. Right. Um, right. And likewise, to notice the desire to keep going, like to keep spinning the story of like, okay, well, this could happen and then I could do this. And, you know, w- what if I did want to kill my family? Well, uh, if, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I do, you know, get a knife, then I'll probably notice because the cold steel on my or like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I was just washing it and getting it really clean so that I could have a really direct hit for this evening. <laughs> well, there's exposure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you jumped you jumped ahead. I like it. No, it's good. You just write to it, right in the kisser. 
Sorry, um, guys. So, uh, but I think noticing when that thought comes up uh, or when thoughts come up and when thinking is happening, because sometimes I'd say oftentimes you're catching yourself mid rumination. Like it's not going to, it's not going to like, you're not going to stop it before it happens most of the time. And that's totally okay. But it's as soon as you realize, Oh wait, I'm really trying to figure this out. that you have this opportunity, like you said, to sort of touch it with the, feather of awareness and, and go like, Oh, I'm thinking, Oh, good on me for seeing that. I'm just going to bring it on back. Right. Like, come on home. And I like that you say that though, like good for me that I did it. I think that's a really important aspect that needs to happen is like, Hey, I did that. Yeah. Because I think everyone, not everyone, lots of people who are new to meditation and obviously this is more mindfulness, but meditation is, is very similar in scope. They have this belief that if their mind is wandered, they're doing it wrong. And that's not it. In fact, that is what it's supposed to do. Right. Like if you notice that your mind has wandered, you're doing it right. So let's give yourself a a big gold star pat on the back kind of. Right. Yeah. It's the meta. It's knowing your brain has, is having thoughts and seeing it happen. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I love meditation for this purpose of, of building this muscle of noticing when you've wandered, bringing yourself back to the present. And of course with meditation, we typically with a focused attention meditation, we're focusing on an object like the breath in the present moment. And then when our mind wanders, we, we, and we notice it, we congratulate ourselves and then bring our attention back to the present in the form of the breath. Um, so it's, it's sort of like mindfulness in a vacuum, your eyes are closed and you're just trying to focus on this really kind of banal activity right? mm-hmm. like, that's, that's not going to keep your attention for very long than noticing when it waters off and coming on back. And what that does is it makes it easier when you are washing the dishes and you keep wanting to figure out, you know, murdering, whether or not you're going to murder your family, uh, that it makes it easier to go like, ah, I see you. I really do want to figure that out, but um, I'm going to accept that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will and come back right. to the suds against my fingers feeling super slippery. Mm-hmm. When you said suds, I thought you meant. Oh, subjective. Subjective stress. stress. <laughs> mm. So we have a few questions. Do you Ooh. think? Yeah, no, I think that it's great. Let's, let's go to the, the actual question mark box. Um, why isn't it popping up? Hold on. You're doing this. It's great, girl. Okay. This is the first one that I see. Can you see it? Yep. So I'm buying a house, but I can't get excited. Oh boy. I know this one really well. (laughs) I keep, I keep fixating on the what if questions. Is that common with OCD? Well, yeah, go. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I'd love to know what the what ifs are. However, that being said, I don't know if I've ever treated somebody who has OCD and doesn't meet criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. Um, because this could be a standalone if you don't 
Does that make sense? Am I yeah, absolutely. Right? No, you're, you're totally explaining it right. Okay. That there's so much overlap there in terms of while this would probably, if, if this was just showing up, if, if somebody showed up in the office and this was their primary concern, we'd probably yeah. say, oh, this is generalized anxiety disorder. Right. Um, but I guess it does depend on the what ifs too, right? Like yes. if I buy this house, am I uh, going to, you know. Like a sociopath. I'm trying to think of a good as. Yeah. Yep. It could be anything. Yeah, exactly. It could literally conjure any narrative. Right. If I yes. do this, will an asteroid totally. come in and murder me? Yes. Space aliens. Asteroids are notorious for murder. They're kind of a thing. Um, yeah. And hitchhiking yep. with aliens. Oh, obviously. That then eat your brains. Right. Murder and then eat the brains. Anyway. Um, so medium I think, rare. Yeah. Okay. Medium rare. Mm. Uh, <laughs> some flava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> yep. All right. Sorry, guys. Coming so back. coming on back. So I think the, the answer to your question in some ways, it's like, I'm fill in the blank. It could be I'm buying a house. I'm having a baby. I'm getting married. All of these like sort of big life events that we should feel excited about. Right. And then there's all of this additional chatter that we're having to navigate. And so I, do I think it's very common for people with generalized anxiety and OCD to, to start in those moments when something really exciting is happening to, to uh, try to figure out what's going to come in the way of them actually being happy. Yes. I think that that's very common because those of us with anxiety and OCD are like uh, anxiety seeking missiles. We're like, Oh, well, what could go wrong? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, this could go wrong. It's coming off of it. Like <laughs> you can just feel the heat yeah. coming off of our brains. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I would also like to say with that is that someone had mentioned earlier in the feed about rumination and um, how people with OCD, whether or not they have rumination. And I think that is correct. A lot of people without OCD, OCD ruminate. In fact, a lot of people who don't even meet criteria for generalized anxiety are going to ruminate. That's what brains do, right? Yeah. But it's, is it detrimental and getting in the way? In my opinion, I don't think that worry is going to help you solve any problem. I would tend to agree with you. And then, you know, and to your point, rumination, we see that happen in a lot of other mental health disorders as well, like depression. Um, so it's not even it, like everyone does it and it can have different flavors to it that may have nothing to do with anxiety. And it's every, everyone does it right. Brains try to figure things out. It's right. Everyone does do. it guys should probably yeah. do it. Except for don't because it's, yeah. <laughs> I think the problem with rumination is it's like, you want to probably try and differentiate between problem solving and rumination, right? Like right. When, when it comes up, like, is this actually getting me anywhere? Is this actually going to solve anything? Or am I trying to answer a question that cannot be answered? I'm really good at that, by the way. I'm really good at trying to answer questions. I cannot know the answer to <laughs> the specialty. <laughs> You and me both, lady. I know. <laughs> man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Do we have some other questions? I see. We do. Um, just for anyone who's joining us, uh, if you can throw your questions in the question mark, question mark box so we, we don't have to scroll through and try and 
find them and waste your time as we're scrolling. Right. And also this will be, um, be on playback in our, I, both of our IGTV channels, mm-hmm. purely OCD. So for those of you who are just joining us, um, if you missed anything, like for example, the rumination stuff, um, you can watch it after we are done and, um, yep. Get oh, and YouTube, answered. we have a YouTube and YouTube. Channel. I always forget about that sucker. Well, we need to upload. We got to, we got to get caught up okay. there. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, also just real quick, cause I saw this rumination, uh, is cause that seems like a really important fundamental point mm-hmm. to our conversation about rumination yes. is, um, any sort of mental analysis, any like sort of churning in the mind thinking, active thinking, uh, active, um, I'm trying to think of a, a worry, right? Like uh, trying to figure it out basically in your mind. The right, chatter. Like going, comparing yourself. That's my doorbell because it's Amazon. Thanks, Amazon. Ding in dong. case you wanted to know, nobody wants to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. Be like comparing, you know, oh, did I say, did I say it as well as I said it last time or did I come right? Like that kind of memory comparison yep. hello chrissy sorry i just oh, saw hello. a hello hello glad to have you here i hope you're well amazon has arrived at my house in case you were interested chrissy <laughs> wait can i can i share a really <laughs> awesome thing that was yes. actually on my uh, post oh. yesterday wow amazon is really persistent yeah they're they're what do they want i Go don't ahead. know so actually <laughs> so chrissy uh, commented on my uh I post yesterday because I posted about my wedding. I, I recently got married for those of you who do not know. And um, she wrote, ah, beautiful. And then, <laughs> but apparently the, um, the ah, beautiful, it, it, uh, she told me after the fact, uh, autocorrected to, almost autocorrected to ah, bestiality. <laughs> that would actually have been so... Why did you correct it? Because I know I'm so. I, but she at least she shared it with all of us after the fact. So oh, good. That's oh, my new so favorite glad. thing to say. Like if I think something is really sweet, I'm just gonna be like, ah, <laughs> bestiality. You know, <laughs> that's how you know you work with OCD is when yeah. bestiality is the like go to autocorrect on your phone. So anyway, you guys should be at a dinner party with all of us. Is all I can say. Yeah. Although we <laughs> those aren't being had at the moment, but soon maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Kirstie has an awesome mind. Anyway, yes, she sure um, does. True story. Go check her out if you haven't, because she's awesome. Yes. Amazing mm-hmm. advocate. Yep. And... OCD game changers and OCD peers and all sorts of good stuff. Um, but we digress. We've got we to digress. stay on the rails. It's right here just to remind me. So what were we talking so, about? <laughs> we were talking about what uh, rumination was and mental yes. analysis and all of that. Right. Good stuff. Um, it's trying to get certainty in your brain instead of by checking things or asking for reassurance or avoiding things. That's pretty much it. Um, so we have a bunch of questions. Do you want me to, because we're 30 minutes in, how do you want to do this? Uh, I, I can do a little bit longer, you? Yeah, I can probably do like 10 at the most, though. Let's do it. Okay. So, and we'll this, be back next, next week, people too. So, yes. Okay. 
As long as the space alien doesn't come and murder and fire brains, medium rare. That's true. How do you approach unwanted images while meditating? I love this. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) You just just accept the hell out of them. You just are like, oh, look, there's an image. There it is. There is an image. Okay. Well, that's, thank you, brain. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to focus on my breath right now. So I'm going to bring it on back, but, um, thank you. And, and the image doesn't have to go away, right? It's just about noticing that the image is there without making it the central point of your attention. Right. And it might be there the whole time, Mm -hmm. but to say, I can, you know, I can handle this experience or these, um, distressing feelings maybe that come with the image and just stick, stick with it. Don't just like jump out of the cold pool and not let your body heat up to it. Right. Right. Just allow yourself to be with it and see what happens. Um, I actually have, do we have time for a quick digression, like a story demonstrating? Well, or should always. We go? Um, so I used to watch the show Orange is the New Black. I haven't seen it in many seasons, but there was a, an episode where this sadistic jail guard was mm-hmm. offering uh two hypothetical options to two of the inmates who said, uh, would you rather eat 10? Yeah. (laughs) This is always (laughs) one. Eat 10 dead flies or Mm. a a live baby rat. The flies. 100% the flies. But for some reason, she said the rat. Why? Because it's TV. It's TV. And wait for it. Right. So then there's, it cuts to a scene. No, it cuts to a scene (laughs) where she has to choose and actually do one of them. And so she has to eat the baby rat. Well, I'm watching this and I have a brain that's sticky. So I notice like, oh, wow, like this is now an image in my mind. And my initial. I love when that happens. I was like, wow. I'll be carrying this for another (laughs) week or so. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome aboard, passenger. Yeah. Uh, And it was Have you met the others? (laughs) (laughs) Meet bestiality. Um, Yes. (laughs) Whatever. And so. I, I honestly, I was like initially really resistant to it, but then I, you know, I was already a therapist at the time and I thought, okay, well, I know how to deal with this. My, Mm -hmm. the answer is not to resist. It's to just make a whole lot of space for it. And even intentionally like, oh yeah, look, baby people swallowing baby rats and, and really thinking about the stuff that was freaking me out. Right. Like, uh, first of all, I'm a huge animal lover. So the idea that somebody would eat a live animal is really upsetting to me. But then the the sort of claws on the throat situation was something that kind of kept coming up for me. Right. See? Yeah. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> Have you met the other? <laughs> that needs, that, that is something that I will be using from here on out. Anyway, so all of that to say, whether you're living your life or meditating, if an image pops up, you can just say, welcome, <laughs> have you met the others? <laughs> That's the moral of the story right there. Bam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I'm like, in, <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh and I'm laughing because I'm really anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I know because it's anxiety provoking. Okay. Did I just trigger you? No, I just, it's not anxiety. It's just that it's like, great. Now I have that. It's the exact scenario that we just discussed is now happening to me. And it's just the irony. It's great. Yes. It's like, well, 
that's why we are who we are. That's right. Um, okay. Great answer. Well, you, you did the, the best part of the answer. So there you go. Okay. Welcome. Um, Have you met the others? Yes. Let me start at the bottom. We're getting a lot. Um, Thanks everybody for asking yeah. your questions. No, we are so excited. Yeah. About that. Okay. So this one says, is it possible to project my OCD fears onto others? Like my fear of being carried out by others. So I assume this means. Um, like what like, if somebody harms me? Right. Or what if the fear is that, you know, my, that I don't, you know, molest my child, but somebody else might. Yep. Right. Um, yep. So it's like the by proxy. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure if they can clarify, but uh, yeah. But the answer is yes. Yeah, and it actually even comes up in things like um, like BDD, just like BDD by proxy, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, say more. So uh, it tends to come up in the context of like relationship OCD and the fear that oh right you're with somebody who's you know there's some part of their appearance that is not perfect and so you become fixated on it and perhaps you think that it's you know unlivable you have to break right. up with them right that sort of narrative. I've actually had a client where it was um, it's interesting because. I've been seeing them for a very long time and um, they had kids and things were recovery. And then like a year later, there was a new spike, but mm-hmm. one of the spikes was um, similar to this is, was around sexual orientation. OCD is mm-hmm. what if my partner is um, into guys and not ladies anymore? Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. So the answer is yes, absolutely. You, your fears can be, about somebody else, right? And yes. what they're going to do. Okay. Questions. Okay. This one says, every time someone I love goes anywhere out of the house, I do these routines and I tell them every possible way they could die because it makes me feel like I'm protecting them. From, act- from that actually happening. Am I the only one and what can I do? This is a great one. Mm-hmm. I mean, not great in that it's horrific to live with, but... Right. Uh, but, but a good yeah. question. Great question. Clarify. Take the lead on that one. Do you want me? Is it me? Do it. Okay. So this is really common. And in fact, you probably feel... My guess is that you probably feel tons of guilt if you don't uh, give all the disclaimers and possible things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the question was, is it normal? Is that what it said? Am I that you're not the only one and what can you do? Well, the scary part is the stuff that you have to do is going to be really scary and hard. And it's going to say, I'm going to have to sit with all the intrusive thoughts and feelings and um, images of, you know, a car accident happening or whatever, et cetera, right. Yeah. Without acting compulsively by telling them here, before you leave the house, I need you to sign this waiver right. that says that you are consenting that these are all the possible. What's that one movie where 
it's like a hundred ways to die in the West or in the, Oh, I haven't seen it, but I know, I, know. I know of it. Yeah. 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 I forget what it's called, but that's no, that's right though. Right. Like being willing mm-hmm. to tolerate that guilt. Were you, but were you going to say more? Sorry. Okay, um, that, I think that was it. Okay, good. Well, no, I mean, that's, is there anything you want to add to this? Well, I, I think that part of what's important, obviously like we can't give direct advice, but I think, um, with the routines, I think recognizing that, because most of the time people with OCD recognize that it's, it's like possible that that bad thing could happen if you don't tell them everything, but that it's not particularly likely that that's the thing that's going to save their lives. Right. And so it's, it's sort of like a, I'm going to do this just in case, right. Just to make sure. Little insurance. Yes. Just a little insurance policy. And I think recognizing, I mean, this is, this is where I think treatment goes ultimately. It's realizing like the unfortunate fact is that we cannot control those things. Like that there's nothing that we can do really. I mean, we can, we can be uh, as safe as possible ourselves, but I think that that's pretty much it. So learning how to tolerate this sort of groundlessness of every time that my loved ones leave the house, I, I think most people already have that awareness. They just, are they, they don't pay attention, they don't to, it. Pay attention to it, right? Like they don't have the awareness of it. They, they, if you were to ask them, they'd be like, oh yeah, well, of course I'm accepting that uncertainty, but they just don't even think about it. Right. I mean, it could be similar to someone saying like, okay, in like the very superstitious stuff is like, well, I have to knock on wood in order to prevent that from happening. And if that were true, we would all, all be carrying blocks of wood yeah. around our neck. And wouldn't it be great? I, I always go back to that. It's like, it's such a convenient it really idea. Would. It's like, of course, if, if that were true, then great. Problem is that um, it's not. And it's, so it's almost like this scaffolding that's put into place to make us feel more secure with a very uncertain world, right? Like this, if I just do this, everything's going to be okay. That that starts to screw you because then you're just trying to get certainty. Do you know what I mean? Right. Am I saying that clearly? Yes, absolutely. You're saying it right on point. Good work. So I just want to, should we address the comment right now? Which one? The bestiality. Oh, Oh, sure. I mean, okay. Well, someone just had said bestiality is sick. And I would just like to say, this is a really common OCD theme actually. So, um, you know, you saying that might be triggering other people, not that we're trying to avoid triggers, but you're judging it. And the people that are suffering and living with those intrusive thoughts are feeling pain, just like anyone else's that's here today in this online video where they're worried they might harm someone, right? It's very much around like the sexual intrusive, violent thoughts. Yep. No, it is. It's super common. And to sort of piggyback on that, the reality is there's a difference between bestiality, the act, right? Right. Murder and, and 
Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and, um, victimizing, victimizing animals, right. That can't consent, which of course, like it's, it's not okay. Non-consensual yeah, sex is that. not cool. Um, and at the same token, having thoughts of, or images of, right. Like that's different from bestiality. So right. important, important delineation. Yes. And if you have thoughts about it, you're not alone. Yes. Um, do you want to take one more? Cause we're approaching. We, yeah, we could do one more. Okay. One more. Um, I'm trying to grab a quick one. And as you're grabbing, just thank you all so much for being here today. And if you, uh, just as a reminder, if you want to join us next week, we'll be back 1230 PM Pacific daylight time, uh, here on Instagram live. Okay. This person asks, when you have a thought you want to kill someone, does that make you a bad person? Well, I think, first of all, the Mm -hmm. idea of bad versus good person is pretty black and white. Right. So I I just want to start there. There's a lot to be said about this comment, but I, I think that this idea that like we are either good or bad is inherently problematic because most people are some combination of the two. And I think, I don't think that there's a thought in this world that makes anyone a bad person. I've, I mean, here's not to, I'm really truly not trying to give reassurance here is that I can't tell you how many times in my lifetime I've had thoughts like that. Right. And they may be like egocentonic or egodystonic, right? right? Like it doesn't really matter. Yep. It doesn't really matter. And I think this is too where like moral aspects of OCD can come in and be like, oh, you're not allowed to have these quote unquote bad thoughts. It's like, well, but your brain is a thinking machine. It generates thoughts all the time, all the time. So I would be more concerned if you didn't have random upsetting thoughts. Right. Because we all do. Right. Your brain's working. Good news. Good news. And yeah, I really do uh, down to all thoughts. There's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. None of them mean a, a damn thing necessarily. Other it's, than your brain's working, which I guess is than, kind of inherently a positive. That's fair. That's true. Good job. But if brain. we got really existential here, yes, there's no good or right. bad. No. No. Well, and I think it's important. It's not like to go too extreme, but to recognize, because I think people get stuck, especially with moral scrupulosity around like, am I bad? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's, there's room to accept the fact that we are both. Maud agrees. Maud is very much in agreement. She concurs. Totally. Thank you, Maud. Thank you for rounding out this episode of purely OCD. We appreciate it. She's our mascot. Which, by the way, her doctor has, and this is not a joke, has diagnosed her with OCD um, because she compulsively chews fabric. And um, I'm sorry, she's on on intense medication, so I'm sorry for the disruption, but she, uh, if I lock her out, she'll cry. 
So might as well have her here with us. That's right. That's right. We're all just living with OCD. That's what we're doing. Doing the best we can. That's right. All right. Okay. Well, see you next time. Till, till we meet again. Indeed. All Adios. right, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.